Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. You guys, I have been so pumped for this episode to launch. So today I had the pleasure of sitting down with Danielle Manceau from Venus Rising based in Rhode Island. She is an intuitive healer with practices rooted in shamanism. She's trained in Native American and Peruvian healing techniques specifically to help others come into balance with themselves. Today, Danielle and I talk about when she first noticed her sensitive intuition and connection to the spirit world, how she was introduced to shamanism, and what her work looks like today. We also get into some fun woo-woo stuff like communicating with our spirit guides and manifesting. We had such a great conversation that I just, I couldn't bring myself to hit the stop recording button, which means that this episode is a bit longer than usual, but Trust me when I say you won't want to miss a single moment of Danielle's wisdom. She gives off major big sister energy and is truly an authority of her craft. Make sure to check out Danielle on Instagram at venusrising.ri. She said underscore ri in the podcast, but that was a mistake. And you can head over to her website, venusrisingri.com, to learn more about her and the services that she offers. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and check out her podcast, What in the Woo Woo, on Spotify. If you guys are enjoying hanging out with me every week, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you really want to make my day, leave a review and share this podcast with any of your friends that you think would enjoy. I love hearing from you all, so don't be shy about dropping me an email at at gmail.com or sliding into my DMs on Insta at MissDeanLovesYou. Let me know what topics you want to hear about. Let me know if there's anybody specific you would love to hear from on the podcast. I'm down for all of the ideas. And if you've been here since the beginning, I love you. I think that we finally got the hang of this thing, baby, and you are an OG. Thanks for sticking it out with me. I think we're getting in the groove. We're having a lot of fun, and I hope you're enjoying. Okay, without further ado, Danielle, welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Misty and Loves You. Love that. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. I want to start with you as a hairdresser. Okay. Um, have you always wanted to Wait, who are you? <laughs> so I'm Danielle, and I was a hairdresser for 15 years now. Ever since I was like a little kid, it's so funny because I've always been super intuitive. So it's like I always kind of knew what my path was. I didn't really listen to it back then. I didn't really know what was going on, but I was always like guided in some way. So ever since a young age, like my mom really hurt me when she was doing my hair. So I started doing my own hair when I was like four. I would like. <sighs> comb it myself, put it a pony myself. I would do the neighbor's hair. She let me do whatever, whatever. And I always gave her this like pebbles um, and like Bam Bam look from the Flintstones. Oh. I know. So I always said, I'm going to be a hairdresser. And when I you know, got to high school, my parents were like, you should at least apply to one college. So 
my sister and I were always close and she was going to university of Rhode Island. And I said, all right, I'll apply to URI, but I want to be a hairdresser. And, um, my, my psychology teacher was like, you should not do that. You should not be a hairdresser. You'll never make any money, blah, blah, blah. And I was just on my own path. So in the human design, I'm a manifester and that's like a whole nother topic. But basically for manifestors, it's like you either get on my train or get off the track because you're going to get plowed over. So, so that's how I am with everything. I'm like, nope, I set my mind to it. I'm doing it. And I started volunteering in a hair salon to just make sure if I liked it or not. And then I decided to come to um, go to hairdressing school in Rhode Island. And that's like a year. It was almost a year that I did that. And I had had a hairdresser who did my hair on the side for my whole life. And she was like, I need an assistant. So hurry up, finish school, come assist me. And that's this whole other story. But that ended up um, putting me in the direction of the salon that I was at for like 10 years. One of the girls that I was working with at the time, she she and I were like kind of like feeling stale at that salon. Everyone who worked there was older. The um, clientele was getting older. And we had like these new innovative ideas, like social media was booming then. And so she was like, hold out. I'm going to open my own salon. And to make a long story short, I worked for her for about five years, four, four years. But when I when I first um went there, I was like, listen, you probably get me for four or five years. And then I want to do my energy healing thing. (laughs) And then of course, you know, three years go by and I'm starting to get this little niggle that, you know, you're not gonna be doing this much longer. And I was in this phase of, I was like, ignore it. I'm like, no, that's scary. So no, no, that's scary. And in 2020, I was in a relationship and Um, we had like the best time over COVID. We were living together and I just like loved how I felt that I didn't really have this agenda. I wasn't scheduled. I wasn't client after client. And then real life started back up and we ended up breaking up and I started to really understand like, I don't like this anymore. I'm not super passionate about it. I'm finding that the only people I enjoy working with are the people who want to talk about spiritual things. And that's just like, you can't be like, you can only come to me if you're spiritual. Like you don't really have a choice. So that took about a year just to fully accept. And it was, I've always gotten healings for since the time I was 19. I've always gone to a shaman or some type of healer. And my, my friend who was my healer at the time, she was like, so when are you going to admit like you're moving to Rhode Island? And I was like, excuse me, what? I'm not saying that out loud. And I had said, oh, within two years, oh, in a couple of years, and a couple of years, and it's like, no, you need to start merging the timelines now. And that's how I kind of ended my hairdressing career. So over the span of 15 years, it was like gung-ho, and then it started to trickle out. And I, at, at the end, I was like, all right, I'm really grateful for this. And I still do it a little bit on the side. Like this weekend, I was in Connecticut doing a wedding with one of my friends. So I like to do that. Um, but yeah. Did I cover everything? <laughs> yeah, that was great. So there are a couple of things I want to pick up on. You said the, before we get into the energy healing mm-hmm. and shaman, you said since you were a little girl, you've always been, I think you said very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me what that experience was like? Were you just extra sensitive to other people's emotions or situations? Who wants to be involved? Hey, that's okay. Or I mean, 
what did what did that look like for you as a child? How did that make you? Different? Okay, so when I was a child, um, nobody in my family was really like talking about spirituality. Nobody like honed in on their intuition. Even my parents now, they definitely are intuitive, but they kind of ignore it, right? So that's where I was like brought up. I was like, oh, I'll just ignore it. And the furthest memory I have back is when I was six years old, and my mom's sister had passed away. And I'm in the first grade and everyone's like, oh, we have to go to Florida for this funeral. And, you know, um, they're telling me my aunt died. And I just didn't fully understand because one day I had gone to walk up the stairs in our house and I saw my aunt and she turned around and she was like, Shh, like she, you know, to be like, don't say anything. And then she walked towards my mom's bedroom. So I never said anything because she had said, you know, don't that little. Um, and so I kind of like never said anything. And maybe, maybe it was five years ago, my family and I were talking and I was like, yeah, so I experienced this when I was six and they had never told me that, um, you know, my when my aunt passed away, my mom had been with her. So when my mom's home now, it's like my aunt's going to be with her, probably to soothe her and on the spiritual level. But I don't know any of this. I'm now very confused about what death is. And so I'm so open. And I was also constantly picking up on the energy of others. So I slept a lot. That was my way of kind of like recalibrating, coming back to myself. Um, I used my imagination a lot. I always wanted to play by myself. I wanted to play with my dolls. And then when I got to high school, I started to like see all these images. And now when you're intuitive you, and you are really connected with it, you start to learn to use that to your advantage. You know, you're like, okay, well, what does this symbol mean? And you build that relationship. You build like your library with your spirit guides. But I didn't have any of that. I was like, just fully like, okay, I don't, I don't have any boundaries energetically. I don't have any information what I'm supposed to do. So I asked my psychology teacher, what does it mean when you see like, I see cartoons and I see these different images in my head all the time. And she like really didn't have an, uh, like an answer for me. She was like, oh, you're just like daydreaming. But I know now that I was kind of just building my symbolic library. And at the time, I would have loved to have known, like, oh, what are you telling me? But it was just, like, constant. I, I was, like, couldn't concentrate. I would be, like, falling asleep in class because I was just being sucked dry by people's energy because I was so exposed and so vulnerable to picking up on everybody. I dealt with a lot of anxiety, a lot of, like, anger and just, like, lower vibrational things because I w wasn't keeping my side of the street clean. Um, and it wasn't until I turned nine, 18, 19, I was working in the salon and a woman who worked there, her cousin was a shaman and my boss at the time committed to like four sessions with her. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I'd always been into like having my future read and I was insecure with the future. Um, I didn't necessarily feel stable all the time. So I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to her. And I did. And that's kind of how my, my journey um, into the energetic world started. So was that your only, that was not your only experience with the spiritual world? No. With your aunt? No. So it seems like from a very young age, like the veil was really thin through your eyes or through your lived experience. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
And then when you said that you were seeing all these symbols, I was thinking, I'm thinking things like angel numbers, like you're seeing things out in the wild repetitively, shapes, but no, you're just getting bombarded in your mind. You're seeing these things, you're like downloads. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's like an overabundance of download, which can trip you up. It's just like a computer, right? We're all constantly receiving those downloads. And if you don't have that filter turned on, then you're just like, get one, two, like they're just dropping in and it can, it can overwhelm you. And that's where I was constantly in a state of overwhelm. So I started to ignore a lot of it. But yeah, I had no idea what angel numbers were back then. I had no idea about anything at all. And I was just like, oh, like I was just like living life confused, even though my intuition was like, this is the path. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I know. That's what always happens when we ignore mm-hmm. ignore our intuition. We're always we're unaligned, and then the voice just gets louder. Yes. <laughs> until we listen to it, and then everything falls into place, yes. and then. We're in flow. Yep, exactly. And I mean, once I kind of started on that, like, oh, I'm going to commit to these sessions and I got more into it. That was when things for me personally started to get harder because I had a lot to unwind and I didn't know it at the time, but I was stepping into my soul commitment of this shamanism and this medicine that I had to give in to help other people and share with the world. So between probably the ages of like 18 and 25, my world was like rocked in many ways, but it has helped me gain so much stability now, but it takes time. Oh, I'm, yeah, that's what, that was a long time. And yeah, like you said, I'm sure there's a lot of conditionings, unresolved experiences, mm-hmm. processing the fact that you finally kind of have answers or at least guidance for all of this sensitivity that you've had your whole life. It was all, I mean, necessary, but still hard, of course. So can you describe what just what shamanism is, what a shaman is? Because I know, I don't really know. And I, I hear these words and I think, I think of like, I don't know, ayahuasca ceremonies in the forest and these cool group experiences led by a guy. Yes. So, and that's just, that's just the picture I have and it stops there. Okay. So that is an accurate um, picture in some sense, but I think a common misconception and um, this reminds me of like how People don't fully understand what shamanism, they associate it with um, particular cultures, Yeah, but everybody has ancestors in either some lifetime, this lifetime, who have practiced shamanism. The foundation of shamanism is the belief that all things are interconnected. So it's a belief system. It is not a religion. You're not following any one prophet guide. It is taking everything that you believe in and kind of giving it that consciousness so that we're connected to the earth. So we're connected to each other. We're connected to plants and animals. We're connected to the heavens. We're connected to our ancestors who've crossed over. We are connected to our higher self. We're connected to, um, you know, like astrology, the planets, everything is interconnected. So, and when you think about that, it's, it can be really overwhelming, right? And really intuitive. But when we give that some direction, 
and we give it some beliefs that are, you know, unique to us, that becomes your own medicine. And what people don't understand about becoming the shaman, right? Because just because you practice shamanism doesn't mean you have to be a a practitioner. So something that you have to do to become a practitioner and something that you do as the way of of living as a shaman or a shamanic lifestyle is you go through the shamanic medicine wheel, which is basically just a picture of transformation. You can't get from here to here, one side of the street to the other without going through the process. So the process starts in the south direction, which is associated with summer, with um, snake spirit, just like a snake sheds its skin, we have to release something. We have to release something that's no longer serving us. And then we go through the second process and the second phase, which is we've committed to letting this part of ourselves go. But now we have to face that fear. And it goes, you know, in in the wheel. We, it could be associated with the wheel of life or the wheel of the year, right? And it could be, this wheel could be done in one day or it could take years. After you've gone through the element of facing your fears, then you gain the wisdom that you've learned through this process. And then you can see things from the highest perspective. So when each unique individual has something to overcome, personally for me, I had to overcome attachment to outcome. I had to overcome attachment to validation. Some other people need to overcome mental illness of some sort. What you go through is unique to you. And that is what gives you your medicine. And there's a whole process of if you're going to become a practitioner, you build on that and you build your medicine bag and you learn that native ancient techniques of how this energy has been dealt with. So the way that I was trained, um, and I trained two times, actually, I started when I was maybe 22. The woman I started with, um, my first shamanic practitioner, she said, you know, you could do what I do. And I was like, what? (laughs) And and so I was like, okay. And I trained with her one-on-one. And she taught me the basics of how to tap into people's energy safely, how to um, tap into um, objects, how to read energy, how how to hone my intuition and read people. Now, she spelt my name wrong when she gave me my certificate, and my mentality then was like, well, I'm obviously not done. Like, I need more training. I'm not good enough to do anything with this. So I was kind of just, like, using it, and I had no direction with it. I was like, okay. And then fast forward to, I think I was, like, 27, and another opportunity my naturopath at the time was a shaman and she was doing a medicine wheel course with the shamanic practitioner certificate. So I was like, I'm going to take it. Now this was a year long process. We had to go through the medicine wheel. And at that time, what I was releasing for the old version of myself was that first salon I'd been at for 10 years. So I had to go through all the discomforts of leaving and getting past that. And there was just a whole bunch of shit going on in my life at the time. And again, I was overcoming attachment, attachment to the outcome, attachment to the people that I'd been working with for 10 years, attachment to, um, you know, how I was making money, attachment to my identity. And you really do have to, um, you do sort of lose 
that old limited version of yourself when you step into the practitioner role, because you have to be objective and you have to be super detached in order to help other people because you can't place judgment on them. And so I got my certification for that one. And that's when I was like, okay, I have a better understanding of what I'm doing. But then I had this kind of this feeling like, well, I was trained in the Native American and Peruvian style, and I was still not in this like super grounded, stable place in my life. So I was like, well, I don't want to be like copying anyone or I don't know, like, will people take me seriously as this? Like, what do I, am I worthy of this role? Am I worthy of this role? And it wasn't until I left hairdressing that I was like, okay, I get to go into the depths of my soul now and really figure out like, who am I to the core? And that's what I did over the process of like eight months between jobs. And then I started my own business and I developed my approach to energy healing. So everyone is very unique. Being a shaman means that you are a conscious person who believes that all things are interconnected. And if you become a practitioner, it means that you have overcome something that you hold a medicine to help others. And then those others have the ability to heal from the inside out. We truly believe that you can heal yourself from within. Disease starts with, you know, maybe a negative mindset. Maybe you're feeling pain in your body. Maybe you constantly feel anxious. So the role that I take on as the practitioner is really someone who goes in, I clear out the energetic clutter because most people I work with were some old version of myself, right? Where I didn't know how to hone my spirituality. I didn't know how to utilize my intuition to my own benefit. And I was giving myself away. So I work with a lot of people the same as that. So my first step is to kind of clear away the clutter. And then I get to look for and ask both of our spirit guides, both of our higher selves, which are extensions of us, They're not outside of us. They're just an extension. And I get to ask them to reveal what type of patterns that you've created around a certain trauma in your life. And that's just anytime you've deregulated your nervous system or dysregulated. And anytime you left a part of yourself behind, wherever you left that power is something that you need to reclaim within yourself to help to be healthier and to move forward, right? And to bring that ease and joy back into your life. So that's what I help people to uncover, remove these negative patterns, um, unwind them, bring them into consciousness so that you can then go out into the world and see, oh, I see where I'm doing that over here. It's more of a radical responsibility within. And then you can make different choices based on that. And I also help to bring in just like that intentional, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel at peace? Do you want to feel free? Do you want to feel um, comfortable, clear? Anything that you're wanting to feel, that's what I help you to discover and to embody. So that is the role of the shaman. Everyone who is a shaman has kind of, you know, their own take on that, but that is mine. And for me, so... At the beginning, you were talking about the medicine wheel. This is something that you have to go through to become a practicing shaman. So, yes, I'm going to, I don't want to cut you off. So you go through it to become a practicing shaman in a deeper way. But when you understand it, 
on, if you choose not to be a practitioner, I'm actually creating a course on this that will be all online and go at your own pace, which I'm so excited. Um, I don't know when it will be finished, but I'm, I'll be sharing it with the world when it is. But it is, it's all about going with that flow. Like I said, you can't get from one side of the street to the other on the transformation timeline. You have to go through the different phases of it. And it makes it more beautiful when you understand kind of that cycle that you go through and it makes discomfort a little bit more comfortable, if that makes sense. So you can go through the medicine wheel and everyone does. Everyone does on some level. This is all language and just verbiage that I'm using. Um, You know, it could, you could take it into a different context if you wanted or a different, different verbiage really. But, um, it's all about just bringing things into consciousness and you can live, lead that life or you can choose to elaborate on it and become a practitioner. Not everyone has to be a practitioner, but everyone has the ability to be, to lead a shamanic lifestyle, if that makes sense. Okay. So you did this medicine. I mean, what do I call it? You, you purposefully and intentionally went through the medicine yes. Uh, wheel yes. twice. Yes. So that was okay, it. So it's it's like an intensive. Exactly. You need to be led through yes. this. Yes. So okay. I, you do need to be led through it because first of all, you need to understand it, right? Unless you're like living at home with somebody who is practicing a shamanic lifestyle, you're not going to just know. Mm-hmm. If you even look up online, like the definition of a shaman, it basically says something like an indigenous person who goes into a trance. And on some level, that's accurate. But on the other side of it in the more modern understandable way Mm -hmm. all it means is this person is able to connect to their highest level of consciousness their spiritual level while staying grounded on the earth and being that medium person who can pick up on the energy do whatever it takes to dismantle it if necessary to unwind it if necessary to bring new energies in so that the person has the opportunity to create space within. So say you came to me and you had um, some type of issue. The first thing that I would ask you is like, okay, what's going on? Why are you here? And how do you want to feel at the end? So then I would go into my routine. I do have a process every single time I go in and I very carefully, and this is where the shamanic training comes in. I very carefully connect to your energy through the techniques that I've learned. And that's where those come into play. And the way that I've connected to energy personally is like through the back of the neck and then through breathing exercises. And then I personally envision like a sliding glass door and one side is your energy and one side is my energy. So I'm sliding the door open and I'm stepping into your energy with your permission. And then I'm going in and I am seeing this story in my mind's eye. And the type of empath that I am is I know, see, and feel everything. So if I get a pain in my body, then I know, okay, ask her, ask them about this. Do they have pain here? Ask them about this. Do they, you know, or I see something visually like when I was in high school and I was seeing these like cartoons in my head, I see the movie of it in my mind's eye. And then it helps me to relay. So it's really all about communication. If, if you don't ask, it's like if you manifesting, right? Like if you don't ask the universe very specific, you're going to just get like willy nilly information. So the purpose of 
the healing is to be very intentional with where you are and where you want to be. So, and then how can we get there is basically my role. And it's funny they're using that analogy. I'm saying that analogy. I always say we because, or they, my spirit guides are always with me. But that's that's kind of like what you say with hair color too. It's like, okay, well, where are you? Where do you yeah. want to be? And then how are you going to get there? So it's, it's right. funny how yeah. I've taken that, that with me. Um, but yeah, so it, it is, it's, it's a balance. So I'm using, you know, my own personal, um, my personal experiences to symbolize things for other people to know, no one understand and feel their energy because we all are connected. Just because you've experienced something doesn't mean I haven't felt the way that you felt. So that's how I'm able Mm -hmm. to really be compassionate and, you know, non-judgmental and to help you get to exactly where you want to be. But the participant, you know, the person who is on the other side of the healing, they have to be open and willing to surrender. And then they have to be willing to do the work at home because you can have an hour long, um, you know, healing and what I call ceremony, because anytime we get together very intentionally, you know, I, I consider that ceremony. There's an altar that takes place, um, you know, I very consciously set things up. I use crystals and um, essential oils to set sacred space. And I do drumming during during my sessions for in-person. I also do a remote, which is different, but still equally as amazing. Um, I, <laughs> this medicine wheel course, you said you, came, you come out to be a practicing shaman um, if you choose that. And you're able to both be grounded while also being incredibly intuitive. Is that what okay? So when I went when I went through these courses personally through mm-hmm. the through the yeah. medicine wheel, yes. So the purpose is to go through your stuff, understand like where. It's hard for me to say where I was then because I was still very ungrounded. I was like, mm-hmm. screw this body. I don't really like what I'm seeing, but it was a huge reflection of who I was on the inside. I was very insecure. I had these negative thoughts and, you know, how you feel is what you get, right? So I was not understanding fully at the time that my spirit guides were an extension of me. And if I was mad at them for something happening, I was truly mad at myself. So even though I went on this through this course and it took a year, it took much longer than that. Because I was still on that same wheel of, okay, I'm going to revert back to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm reverting. I'm not choosing. I'm still not choosing myself. I'm still not choosing my intuition. I'm still not being clear enough. I'm still not asking for exactly what I need. So when when you go through the course, mm-hmm. and you go through through the wheel, what you are learning is basically at the same time how energies are coming to you. And how to utilize these, not only for yourself, because it starts within first, but for other people. So it can be overwhelming if you do them at the same time, but that's kind of like just the process. And that's just what I fell into. So for me, it was a little bit overwhelming at the time. Um, but now knowing what I do know, I would say like, go, th- go through the medicine wheel for yourself, which is why I'm devi- developing this online course to modernize in a digestible way how you can personally use this without claiming shamanism as an identity without Mm -hmm. feeling like, Oh, well now do I have to be a practitioner? No, 
No, it's just going to make your life more purposeful and easy to navigate. And that is what my goal with that is because I think it was really important for me to say, I was just like not fully comprehending exactly what was going on at the time because I was so ungrounded, confused and overwhelmed, just like we were talking about with these energetic downloads. So I think what I'm also trying to differentiate is you, where you are now, you are grounded, you are intuitive, you have a connection with the spiritual world. Um, and you've all also always had an inclination towards mm-hmm. that, even before you knew how to identify it. I guess what I'm asking is when the going and why I'm harping so much on the medicine wheel is going through these experiences and clearing out and growing and doing shadow work, I assume mm-hmm. is a huge part of it, is all culminating in experiences that lead one to better have better control over um, their groundedness and their intuition and their connection. So with that being said, is this something that anyone would be able to go through and have the same gifts and abilities that you have? Or are you like, is is this something more for people who already are finding themselves as very sensitive? Right. So it could be for either, right? If you feel called to it, I always say it's like, if you feel called, some people feel like I have shamanism in me. Like I'm just so connected to animals. I'm so connected to this. I'm so intrigued by, you know, how nature and evolution and things like that um, go hand in hand and just the interconnectedness of all things. But it is for anyone. Everybody has an intuition, but it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we used to say this in hairdressing too, like you're either a natural and you can, or you can be taught or you can't be taught. So it depends on where someone is in their path, right? So if say you're, you know, you don't believe in it, why would you even try? Like, it doesn't mean you don't, you don't have those abilities, but this might not be the exact terminology that you need. There's a lot of things mm. out there. There's different healing modalities and you know, I work in a collective building of healers and holistic practitioners. Everybody at the end of the day has the same mission to help people self-soothe beyond their trauma mm-hmm. or during, you know, during hard times. And we want to help people transform to live a better life for themselves and to be happy and to feel at peace. And everyone has that, you know, that same desire. So you might get it from other podcasts, you know, and but someone might get it from understanding the shamanic medicine wheel. So it really is for anyone, but you will know if it's for you or if it's not. You know, if it's not something that interests you, like let it go. And you'll know if it you're supposed to do it because right. the universe will be like, excuse me, here you go. I'm gonna give you the <laughs> word shaman fifty times in the next two weeks. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess if you are, what you're saying is if you have, if you already have an inclination towards it Mm -hmm. and an interest in it and a fascination by it, then that probably means you also have an underlying skill set that you can better hone in on. Absolutely. When you really dive in. Some people might not even know about it in advance, but then Mm. if they see it, it might, you know, trigger, oh, oh, I never heard of this. 
So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have to know about it beforehand, but if it intrigues you and it piques your interest and it feels something to you intuitively that you can do, whether you're tapped into your intuition or not, I just think things are put on your path for the, for a reason and it's up to you to take the opportunity or not. And the people who are supposed to take that opportunity will and other people like we you know they'll choose something different which is great because we need all types of different different i'm not trying to say like mm-hmm. every single person on the planet needs to be a shaman because that you can't right you can't i can't yeah. heal every person on the planet i have like a very specific right. type of client that i that i truly work with so you know we need space for other healers to come in and you practice their own medicine for the people who need to overcome their own challenges in that department So I, I want to go back to when you were talking about when you are working one-on-one with a client um, and you said that you are, you've learned and you do safely tap into other people's energies and not just other people, other objects too, Mm -hmm. you mentioned. And I I do want to, I do want to jump in on that later. I want to know, cause it sounds like when you uh, get that permission and you're able to tap into someone's energy it feels like and it sounds like you are fully immersed yes in the person that you're working yes I I want to know details about what that feels like what that looks like what that allows you to do okay everything just throw it on okay so when I'm connecting into somebody else with permission because I never for my own boundary sake I never want to tap into somebody who a doesn't want to know I'm not here to give unsolicited advice so when someone books with me um so it's different for in-person and remote. So if someone's with me in person, you know, I'm like, can I tap into you? This is good. We're going to, I'm going to physically connect with them by using my hands to take three deep breaths in. I go by the back of the neck. We take deep, three deep breaths in and out and I'm calling on their energy. And as I'm doing that, I am saying, okay, Danielle, step aside. This is, I'm inviting their higher self in. I'm inviting my higher self in and we're, we're communicating up here, right? But I still have this full understanding that we are on earth. I could look out the window at any second and be like, oh, okay, there's the tree. I'm not trapped in any dreamlike state. I'm not trapped anywhere and neither is the person. So I then get to like start really getting information. Actually, before I even start on a client, I usually get a little bit of something. I had a client the other day and for two days before it, Two days before they had booked, it was kind of like an emergency session, but I had just like this crippling anxiety. And I'm like, is this me? Is it my client? And it's like, yeah, it's my client. So I have to put up the boundary a little bit, but it's also really special that I can do that because I'm like, okay, I can prepare. I I know this person is feeling this way and that's got to be scary. So I get to start to really bring on my compassion. And then when the person gets there, it's like, Danielle, get out of the way. Like my spirit guides are like, mm-hmm. step aside. We're here. We got this. Like you're gonna say what we say. You're gonna do what we what we say to do, and everybody's safe. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. And um, so for me, like I said, I go sort of to this like I utilize this glass door. You know, kind of like you're going outside in your backyard or something. Yes. So I I open the glass door to the side. And I walk in onto the other side of the energy. And basically what I'm seeing and feeling is just, is there any disease? I also use a pendulum when I work. And I 
that pendulum, if it's like really circling around and around, to me, that's my indication. It's unwinding the energy that needs to go. And it becomes clearer and clearer to me as I'm removing the things all at the same time. I am getting intuitive um, guidance on, okay, so did you experience this? Or, okay, here's what this energy is. You're picking up on somebody at work and they're feeling like this. And now you're feeling like this because you haven't really cleared yourself from that. But below that is this major theme where you've kind of attached to this pattern of like, I feel safe when I pick up on other people's things because I thrive in chaos. So it really just depends on what everyone's personal journey is. And like I said, I, I see it, I feel it. And I just kind of, I hear, I hear my spirit guide say, say this, say this. And sometimes what will come up is I'm channeling the spirit guides. And then they're really like, you get out of the way. Like I find it's not even my voice. It's not, I'll like, I'll be like oh, okay. <laughs> or it will be like very stern or they're very funny because it just depends on person to person. How, like your spirit guides are going to be different than mine. Mine are very fresh. Right. Mine, are, mine are fresh. They swear <laughs> a lot. They're like, uh, I said what I said. Okay. And you, <laughs> don't ask me again. Anytime I have like a tarot right. reading, they'll like clarify the tarot cards and it's the same card. And my spirit guides like, <laughs> We said what we said. So <laughs> so I really have trusted the fact that they're saying this for a reason and they're telling me to do this and I'm doing what I'm doing, even if I maybe I don't understand it on the physical level. Maybe my brain can't comprehend what's happening, but I know that this is of the highest good of my client and is the highest good of everyone involved. And that level of trust has really helped me to get myself out of the way. And by the end of the session, probably 99% of the time, the client has said that is life changing because it just brings this level of awareness. You've done the work. It's deep. It's not a surface level. It's not like I'll pick up the piece over here or, you know, I'm feeling like crap. So let me, let me, um, remove this friendship from my life. But it's like, no, you're not just doing it in that friendship. Here's 15 other ways you're doing it and 15 other places that you are. So it's really getting to the root of the issue is the main goal. I really want to, well, first mm -hmm. of all, uh, if you don't mind, uh, for those that are not woo woo, mm -hmm. can you define spirit guides? Okay. So spirit guides to me are my higher self. Um, for me, I see, I see a spirit. Um, like for instance, I have a spirit guide who is Native American and he's very serious. So spirit guides are of a higher frequency that you are able to connect into for safety, protection, guidance. You can think of it as, you know, it's like a team. It's a team who looks out for you, but they're not on the same plane as us. They're not on the earth. They could be, you know, angels. They could be past um, healed ancestors. Um, if you are allowing negative energies into your life, which is why it's important to really be specific with what you allow and create those boundaries, you could be um, getting information from unhealed um, ancestors 
that are, you know, they're trying to help you heal whatever they couldn't. So it's important to differentiate from that. Oh. Yeah, so it's important to call on spirits of the highest light and the highest frequency who want nothing but um, love and the best interest of you and those around you and of the earth and all beings. And you call on your healed ancestors. You can call on animal spirit. So it's really whatever you want. I have a spirit guide who I see as a fairy. I see her. Sometimes I don't see them. I feel them. So everybody has the ability to see, feel, and hear. And even if you don't believe in that, you can think of it as a universe, like the universal energies out there. Okay, you're speaking to them on a different level. And you're looking to them for protection. It's just, it's like having faith, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just all new language. So- you said that anybody has the capability mm-hmm. to see, hear, and feel your spirit guides. What are some ways, like, I'm so far removed in this in this section of spirituality okay. from my spirit guides. For someone that's, like, like me, what are some practices that I can do to start connecting with them? Okay, so you can meditate. You can do a meditation to set the intention, I want to meet a spirit guide, and then just let it flow. You might have an animal. You might go to, I don't know, it might be a rock. You don't know. It could be any, it could be a tree. It could be anything. Just don't set the expectation of it has to be a person. Set the expectation. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to meet with a spirit guide. What are you here to help me with? What do I need to hear from you? And start with that. You know, if you're not into meditation, um, you could practice with taking a walk out in nature in kind of having that internal conversation, but you want to be intentional. Like I want to connect with my spirit guides now. So I am willing to receive the information you have to tell me in a very direct, concise way that is Mm -hmm. understandable to me and make it obvious. Because sometimes if you're not aware, you're missing out on all these signs and symbols, right? Like for instance, Mm -hmm. you could ask your, spirit guides okay am i supposed to um am i supposed to quit that second job if i am make it obvious show me a blue bird in the next two days so you can make it as as specific and communicate with them they they want to communicate with you and all it is and i say this i know it's like beating a dead horse but it's all intention If you intend to have a relationship with your spirit guides who are Mm -hmm. an extension of you, when you came onto this planet, you come as a soul and then you come into this body and you can think of it as like, we have all these energetic, um, like cords that come with us, all the, like your chakra system. It's like that, all that information comes down through that funnel and they're at the top, like, hello down there. You know, so you, you want to connect with them and you want them to know, Hey, I receive from you. And if I receive from you, you can receive from me and it's going to be this balance and Ooh, my life, you know, and it's just so special to think about yourself as a, we, it's really, it's really, um, isolating to think of ourselves as I, and you know, that, Mm -hmm. that is like one of the number one things that I find to be anxiety inducing, especially in our culture now in our society and as an individual is everything 
is individualized. It's like, I, 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 me, me, me. And it's like, you know what? Wait, I was even feeling it with my business. I was like, this is too much. What you, this is like too much to be asked. I'm the social media person. I'm this person. I do this. I'm like, I I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And one day it's like, I, I also have a healer that I work with now. She's like, because you're not an I, you're a we, you and your spirit team. And it feels better. It sounds better. And it looks better. It's like you ask a friend for help and they say, yeah, how can we help you? And you didn't know that they had more resources to help you with what you needed. Mm -hmm. And that is what it's like to have spirit guides. So it becomes, your life becomes a we and not an I, and it just eases things. Yeah. It always sounds, it, it, I, I feel like something that we all struggle to do is learn how to have a relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then once we can see the self as a, as a relationship back and forth with our spirit guides, with ourselves, and it becomes a, we, a collective, you instantly feel so much more supported. And, and it's just, you're, I feel like once you're able to master that, once you're able to have a relationship within this, you are much better able to make good choices for yourself. Do the, um, eliminate the habits that are holding you back, have much more of a desire to do the shadow work, to do the personal growth, to do things that are in your best interest. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it, it starts with you. And that's why I say your, your spirit guides and your higher self, they're an extension of you. So it's about, you know, it's taking that radical responsibility. Like my intuition is saying I should be doing this. The different languages, hey, my spirit guides are telling me to do this. But really, you're all one. So it, it's, yeah. it's just accepting yourself on the, on the fullest, deepest level is what it comes down to. Are, do we have the same team of spirit guides from birth? Um, I think that you can elaborate on it. I think that there are ones that are with you, but it's like friendships, right? There's ones that step, behind, step back, and then there's ones that step forward. And then there's ones who are behind the scenes, and then there's ones that are more prevalent. So the way that I see my spirit team is I have some that are constantly with me that, con- that are, you know, I can call on them and I'm like, all right, I can feel them here and here. But then there's like a whole team behind them, you know, doing other things. So when you are asking mm-hmm. for help or yes. you're, you, something needs to happen in your life, I truly believe like the universe is conspiring behind the scenes. And it's like the same thing with your spirit guides. They're like, well, we got to sh- shuffle this energy around. We got to do this. We got to, hey, we got to bring this up for her so she knows you want to be over here, but you haven't dealt with this issue yet. So until you do that, you can't get here. And that that's what a lot of people forget. You know, they, and we have as a society such a, um, this victim energy with us because we have gone through a lot as a society, as a nation, you know, particularly where we live in the United States. But even, even in the world, we're just seeing all these like, bad things so we perpetually become the victim and to become spiritual and to utilize it to your benefit you are saying hey i don't like this over here how how am i going to get over here and if something bad does come up 
we're seeing it as contrast and not that someone's attacking us or that something is out to get us. So we really get to take the higher road and be like, oh, okay, the universe is showing me, hey, this, uh, this isn't working for me anymore. This friend, I don't feel good around them anymore. So you know what? I'm going to take a break. Do I need to say something to them? Maybe. Each person will be individual. Do I just kind of need to sit back, go within a little bit, and let it let the wave ride? Then maybe that's what that person needs to do. But people tend to insert themselves into situations they don't want to be in because they're trying to feed their ego or they're trying to feel safe because they only – they only know how to be the victim. They only know how to control things and kind of, um, you know, try to be more controlling, basically. So you, kind of along the same mm-hmm. line, you are a medium. Yes. For a lack of better terms, so yeah. when, Well, when you are working with someone and you're connecting with their spirit guides, you are able to communicate with their spirit yes, guides. Yes, yes, yes who want to give you messages to give to yes. your client. So it's like I'm a, I'm a channel. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even better. That's yeah. So what kinds of information do you receive? Because I think that a lot of people listening might think of, um, who was the medium? Was it the Rhode Island media? Oh my God. Long she Island. Called? Wait, there is it. There is Long a Island. famous um, <laughs> Rhode Island medium too. I forget what his name is. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, a lot of people might be thinking like your grandmother who passed away is trying to give you this message. Um, and it's, it's like specific details about like events that have happened in their lives. Is that what you do? Or is it, is it different messages? Like you have an unresolved conflict here and it's setting you back from X, yes, Y, or Z. The second, second. Yes. It's, I'm very okay. intentional. It's like, I'm not going in there like, Oh, let's communicate with anyone who's passed on. It's like, Show yourself, present the most important information, make it clear, make it concise. We're here to transform this person's life and help them to sustain that and help them discover the tools. So what I should say is that nine out of 10 times, people say, I already knew this, but they did Mm -hmm. not understand the direction they needed to take with it. And that is basically what I'm giving them. Here are other tools that you need to self-soothe, keep yourself safe, and to repattern from what you've been doing. And that is like where the ultimate gold is, right? But what they've done it, they've done the healing. I'm creating this space for them to go within and for them to ponder and uh, to integrate that energy basically, of the messages that their spirit guides are, are giving, you know, but most people, I don't really say anything that people don't already know about themselves. And if I do, I'm like, take it or leave it. Like, this is my symbol. I could be completely wrong. If you don't mm-hmm. resonate, like, that's my symbol. I'm interpreting it the best that I can. And if I'm not interpreting it the way that you need to hear it, then I would also say, most people say days later, I know what you mean now. Because those spirit guys would be like, no, no, no. <laughs> I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So it sounds like they are only focusing on the individual that yes. they 
are working yep, and with. And that's the information. Exactly. And if there's like, you know, a, an ancestor who needs to come in and has, there's an unresolved conflict that has been down the, you know, passed down through the generational line and there needs Ooh. to be some, you know, the validation there, or it needs to be addressed. So it can be brought to this person's awareness. I'll say it, you know, there's, there's been times where I'm like sitting with a friend and, you know, even in like my personal life, I'll be sitting with a friend. I'm like, oh, I, I can see someone over there. And I try not to connect like that in as like a a medium because I don't want these spirits. Like I don't want all this energy. It's like, no, no, right. you come when I call on you. So if they're a part of this yeah. person's spirit team, that's when they'll come. And if they have something to say, they're going to make it known. But it doesn't happen every time. I always say, you know, this is this journey is unique to you because it is, and it's not going to be the same every time. Could it be the same pattern we're working on? Yes, but it's not going to always be the same information. It's not always going to be the same technique that I use. Um, I do incorporate, I'm also Reiki certified, so I incorporate some of that in. So it really, sometimes I have to go into a meditation the whole time and that's it. And I'm, you know, my spirit guides are like, get out of the way. We're like doing this over here. Any like ancient technique that they would use that I can't use now, it gets done energetic on an energetic level. Mm-hmm. So that's where mm-hmm. it's really nice that that bridging like that gap between the ancient techniques and the modern. And that's really like what I'm passionate about is giving understanding to spirituality because it's right. there's so many like, you know, we call it the witch wound. There's, Oh, tell me more. So about the witch that. wound is, you know, when you are um, scrutinized for being woo woo, or oh, you're uh, a witch. Like I, I took me a long time to get over. I had a lot of friends. I would be like, oh, I manifested this. Want to hear about it? Guess what? All these things happened that were in alignment, but because it's new mm-hmm. terminology or it's not what people are used to, then they immediately go, "You're a witch." Oh. You're intuitive. You're a witch. What type of what woo woo stuff that which is why my friends and I started that podcast. What in the woo woo? Because we're like, no, this is like everyday stuff. Everyday things occur and it's like magical. And if you're not thinking of it on a magical level or like through that lens, like how can you even be happy? Yeah, I completely (laughs) couldn't have said it better. I understand that. Um, so I do want to save some time just selfishly to talk about manifesting because I just, I don't have a grip on it and I'm just seeking out all the resources that I can personally. Okay. So, okay, good. So I want to, I want to save time for that. So, um, the, I know we're running out of time and I could talk to you for hours. Can you, um, tell me when you, one, what kinds of changes did you notice when you first started listening to and relying on and trusting your spirit guides? Things were definitely easier. I stopped making decisions um, so impulsively. I started Mm -hmm. to slow down. I started to appreciate what I truly needed. And then I got to make adjustments and to exactly how I wanted to live. And once I let one of those things go, it was easier for me to detach and let go. And then 
it's kind of like coming up through a spiral, right? You detach from it, and if you're still attached, you're going to come out slow, 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 slow. But when you're like, I'm willing to detach, I'm ready, let's go. And I mean, it, obviously, it's more intricate than that, but you come, you spiral up and out so much faster, and it's like you boomerang. You're like, oh, right onto your path. You just are sent off like a rocket ship. And that's what I love to help people with. I'm like, I love helping people take quantum leaps spiritually. It's like a whole new world has been opened up. I love to take people off their path of destruction and be like, you are not here anymore. Here is the new path to freedom. And that is like what I'm super passionate about. And that is exactly what it felt like for me when I started to truly trust myself. And it's like, freedom's over there. And you're back on this bullshit. Freedom's over there. (laughs) So you you really, it's like trusting yourself is like, hmm, okay, I was right. You know, you're still humbled. Sometimes you deal with stuff. You're like, oh, okay, I misinterpreted (laughs) that. But for the most part, you're like, all right, I need to do this thing. I know it's right for me. It it might be really hard, but you know, I'm going to feel so much better when I get on the other Mm -hmm. side. I'm going to feel so much better. And the faster you surrender, the faster you do it. Yep the better you feel, the faster that you get to where you want to be, the faster you get to merge those timelines. But you can't get from one place without going through the process. A butterfly doesn't come out the next day from the cocoon. You know, it's not a one-day process. It's a long process. And I know that analogy is probably used a lot, but it's the one I got. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like it's going to take a lot of pr- learning to practice that intuitive muscle. Oh, absolutely. Learning to practice. Yeah, it's building a relationship yeah, with yourself. Listening to it and trusting it. And if you've been super mm-hmm. disconnected from mm-hmm. that, I mean, you got a long way to go and it's never ending. Right. You know, your lessons don't end. You're, you know, you're constantly learning and it just doesn't end. You're constantly going to be building a relationship. Mm-hmm. One day you might not be in the right relationship with yourself. But that's how you learn contrast. Hey, I don't feel connected to myself today. Well, what can you do to get yourself feeling connected? And then it's a lot faster. Instead of being like, I'm disconnected, I'm disconnected forever, and then doing nothing to help yourself. So you have the ability to, and I say, I use the word heal, but I really mean just like help yourself in so many different ways. But the way we can do that is unique to us. So people need to take the strength and courage and the understanding to fully accept themselves to get there. And that is shadow work and it's not necessarily fun, but it can be useful. It's so my friend and I are, um, we have a course coming up that's going to be online um, for particular for shadow work. It's called awaken and it's all about, you know, going to that dark place and then seeing how you present yourself in the world, and then coming into full acceptance of yourself. And we call that the underworld, the middle world, and the upper world. And it what it comes down to is that full acceptance of self. And we have been going through this process because we're going to be putting out into a course. And I, I practice what I preach. I will never tell you something that I will not do. And if I did, my spirit guides would be like, excuse me, you're not saying that, not doing it. So I've been going through the shadow work. And one thing that we mm-hmm. noticed is like, oh my gosh, like I thought this was like, I was going to die from this. I thought this was the worst thing ever. And then you look at it when you're on the other side, after you face that fear right. and you're like, that was kind of dumb. 
I mean, it's still valid, but you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, yes, that was like not as big of a deal as like it really is. And it's like, wow, I can't believe I stuffed that down so deep. 20 other people over here feel like that. I literally heard a podcast over here mm-hmm. about people feeling like that. And that that's like what makes it really special. And then you're like, oh, I, it's like kind of like going through a door, right? So you're at this door and you're like, I don't know what's on the other side. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And then you, you push the door open, you look around and you're like, oh, that's it. And you can leave if you want, right? You can, you have that, that ability to leave or you, you see there's a door on the other side and you're like, that looked scary from back there. That looked wicked scary from back there, but you know what? All right. Okay. I see a little light now shining through and you get to the other door and you're like, Mm -hmm. wow, I got through that. And then you get to see like, oh, now I understand why I went through that because now I'm over here and I don't feel like that anymore. I'm not experiencing that anymore. So it's just really, really nice to just have structure. It really just gives validation to things. I don't know what the word I'm trying to like look for here is, but it just gives you a bigger picture of like what we're going through as a collective, as individual. And that's what I, I like love so much about shadow work and the medicine wheel because shadow work's part of it. <laughs> yep. I could tell. I did a quick Google search. <laughs> I was talking to and had a interview with a uh, EFT mm-hmm. practitioner and we we tapped through something that was really scary that I didn't really spend a lot of time in emotionally after Mm -hmm. it happened. And yeah, I mean, I was scared because it evoked a lot of anxiety and a lot of distrust in myself and a lot of Mm self-doubt. And I just want to follow up with you and emphasize that once you're able to get through all that shadow stuff, it's hard and it's yucky, but feelings need to be felt in order to get through them and in order to integrate Absolutely. them. And the clarity on the other side is, I don't want to say always, but nearly always, you can look back on that situation with neutrality, look back on it with gratitude and and see once you're kind of emotionally detached from it, how much of what you recalled was a storyline that you had in your head at the time versus what it actually was. And what you get on the other side is the hindsight Mm -hmm. of what it actually was. And then that allows individuals to move forward in scary situations that might be similar and trust that maybe this isn't going to end up being as big of a deal as the story I'm telling myself is telling me. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So well put. That's exactly, exactly it. Okay. Um, And then of course, uh, can you give me like a a mini crash course on Mm -hmm. manifesting? Okay. I wanted to, absolutely. I want to tell you a story first though, because I definitely manifested. I have manifested before. Um, When I was pregnant, I was still a teacher. It was the summer. I did not want to go back to teaching. We were sure of that. I had nothing lined up. And I didn't really have the opportunity to be looking for jobs because I was still pregnant. So I wouldn't be able to like actually work in a job for a while. So it was all, it was all up in the air, but I needed to figure something out. And I did my new moon rituals and I set my intentions and I, I did my manifesting. I wrote present tense letters to myself And 
about the job that I would have that I wouldn't know what it would be, but it would fall into my lap. It would be fun. It would be family friendly. I would enjoy it. And I said to people in my life, I don't know what my job is going to be, but I know it's just going to land in my lap at the perfect time. And I truly believed this deeply, complete trust and faith. And wouldn't you know, I ran into a woman at a coffee shop who is now my boss, who just struck up a conversation with me because she happened to have an opening for a job description writer. I'm leaving the English teaching profession and the company is so family focused. I have my babies, my baby on my calls. We have, I mean, everyone there is a mom. It's nurturing and, and it's, it's everything that I I wanted. And I was like, Oh my God, I manifested this. But I think sometimes the problem is when you're trying to manifest something and you don't have that full body belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Before I go into the manifestation um, skills, I'm mm-hmm. going to give one example of something that I manifested in my, in my, um, so I knew I wanted to start my own business last summer. I was like, oh, I'm not going to work for like three months. Five, four months rolls by five months, six months. I said to my, I live with my sister. So I said to her friend who owns a UPS store, I was like, holidays are coming. You know, I'm looking just for a part-time job. I just want like two days a week, whatever. I want to build my own business, start that. I just want a couple days a week to sustain me. I need to start making a little bit of money. Um, And I kept telling the universe, but I had asked my friend, he was like, I don't hire friends. And I said, okay. Now the old me would have been like, come on, come on, come on. I need to get a job. I need to get a job. So what am I going to do? So I just said to the universe, okay. I'll ask again in a little bit or show me something better. So I don't know, a couple weeks go by. My sister commissioned this painting from one of her friends and she was on a work call and I was only one home to receive it. So I had just painted a couple rooms in my sister's house for the summer. It was like kind of like my, my saying, and we had redone her office. So the painting was going to go in there. And when she dropped the painting off, I was like, this is amazing. It matches the paint color so well. She's like, take a picture, send it to me. So um, my sister had taken a picture of this painting, posted on her Instagram story and tagged this woman. And I commented on it. We weren't following each other at that time. But on my Instagram, my hair page, it said healer at heart and my bio. And then it said, you know, American board certified hairstylist, um, whatever. I didn't have a business account yet. And she messaged me back and was like, Hey, great. Thanks. Thanks. Um, for the pictures of, of the painting, what type of healer are you? And I was like, oh, I do shamanic healing. And she said, oh, you should go check out my friend Justine just opened this building. And I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, this is cool. So my sister and I went the very next day to, there's a store in in within the building. So it's like a gift shop basically, but we sell like spiritual oh. goods and all these other things, clothing fun stuff, candles. And I went in and the owner, Justine was working and my sister and I were shopping and I'm like nervous. I'm like, oh my God, oh, I, I got to say something like, oh. but throat shopper was closing up. I was like a hot mess. And I, the last two seconds yeah. I was in there, I was like, so, um, I, I do shamanic healing work. Um, I don't do it publicly, but could I, could I give you a healing? And like, you would just give me some feedback. Okay. So I go in the very next week. And my sister, before I leave the house, goes, you should ask her if she needs help at the store. And I was like, good idea. Never thought of it. Never, ever thought of it. Okay. So I go in. 
I do this healing. We don't like, we know nothing about each other. And at the end she was like, that was amazing. This is an experience. This is um, very deep, life-changing. Um, I had this office for rent and I was like, oh yeah. And by the way, do you need help at the store? And she was like, I do need help at the store. And it was like two days. It was two days a week, which was exactly what I was looking for. And she was yeah. like, and I'm a business coach and I would love to coach you. Mm-hmm. Oh my so God. So I had no idea. I just kept saying universe. I would like a part-time job here. Here's the thing. I want to feel at peace. I want to feel supported. I want to have time to work on my own business. And then two days after I took that job, my friend texted me and was like, Hey, you still want that job? <laughs> I was like, you snooze, you lose. The universe funny, knew it was coming. Funny joke from the universe. Exactly. Yes. The universe yes. like, how are you going to react now? <laughs> are you, you going to be like, did I make the wrong decision? Yeah. But it's like, yeah. Yeah, it oh, came at the good. exact right time. But Mm-hmm. I was unattached to how I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. I was unattached to exactly what it was going to look like. I was more focused on here's how it feels. It's I have freedom of time to work on my my personal business. Yeah, I'm making some cash on the side, so or enough to like sustain me, make me feel like I have some type of income coming in. I still have time to do what I want, and I had the guidance. It was like it was more than I could have ever asked for. So with that said, my advice for manifesting is always, always have an intention. But then it's so important to feel into that intention, exactly what you said. If you don't have that full body belief, how are you going to get it? Or you're going to get a little snippet of it. And then you're going to go, what the hell universe? You didn't, that's not what I asked for. And then it's like Amazon, you got to send it back because you weren't clear enough. You're like, no, I I wanted the, the dark wash gene, not the light wash. You know, you're not taking the first thing that comes to you. You're saying, show me my options. Show me this. Show me my options. So my, my first thing, and I always say this, so you want to think about what your intention is. You want to feel it. And then I always invite any feelings, thoughts, or stories, or just anything that feels like or looks like it's standing in my way to present itself. Once it's presented in my mind's eye or in my body, I'm feeling it, I release it as much as possible. And then I invite back in what that what does that intention feel like? What does it look like? Sometimes it looks differently than what I thought I wanted. Because it's like, okay, if I am getting to the other side of this, and now now I'm feeling in what is this intention? And I thought it was going to feel all peaceful, but I had all these things kind of in my way. And I get to the other side and it still doesn't feel good. It's not really something I want. So I always suggest go with what you want to feel like. If you can't find the descriptive words for manifesting, how do you want to feel? And then let it show up. Then you can get a little bit more detailed. Now, another thing that I do was I will write down everything in my life that I don't like. And then I will write down the contrary to that. So I feel too busy. So then then I write down, I have unlimited freedom of time. You know, I'm not making enough money. Okay. My, my income, um, my income supports my lifestyle. So doing, doing things like that and then manifesting in that way and list making. And then of course, I always love the woo woo stuff. Like, light a candle right now on my altar i have an eclipse um uh new moon eclipse intention written down and i have my 
manifestation, my, um, my crystals, like clear quartz out and rose quartz, because I want to feel really good, really connected with myself and, and free. And what else is something I do for manifestation? I'll do a lot of things. So in shamanic um, ceremony, something that we'll do is we will give it away to like the universe. And by doing that, so you light a candle, you can either burn your paper or that you've written down or you blow the candle out. And that's a symbol of it's already done. It's the universe is conspiring behind the scenes. I trust that it is coming. And those are my favorite ways to manifest, but you know, you just have to be in alignment with it. And if you're not finding that you're in alignment, um, which most people struggle with, they're like, why isn't that happening yet? You cannot put a timeline on it unless you're specifically asking before the end of the year, I would like to be in a new job. I want to feel peace. I want to feel excited. I want to feel this. And the less you want to be specific, but not overly specific. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm I'm remembering the don't be attached to the yes. result. Yes. That's the most important because you're going to trip yourself up and, if you're not getting it fast enough. You know, when I was manifesting right. a new job, it's like, okay, there's these three months have gone by. I had this hard deadline. And it's like, well, maybe I need a few more months to heal. The old version of me would have been like, what am I? I need to reach for something, anything. I'll take it. And I would bend it to my will. So there's, there's like new manifestation and then there's manifesting pros. And there's that delicate balance of once you get the concept of manifestation and you're working with it and it's working with you, it's really important to make sure you're not bending things to your will. So you're not dragging it in sooner than you're ready. So you're not taking an extra stepping stone that you don't necessarily need just because you got a little bit impatient, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to trust, 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 trust. <laughs> okay. Before we go. Um, oh, before. Yeah. Before we go, I have five questions to ask you. They should be pretty easy. I, um, okay. What is the juiciest gossip that you've heard as a hairdresser? Oh, my God. So I used to do a husband and wife. They were like in their 50s at the time. I used to do both of their hair. And the wife had told me a story about her basically like she was like oh something happened with another man but it was just this and it ended up being she actually admitted to me months later but my intuition was like you definitely like had sex with this guy and she admitted it to me later but I still had to like cut her husband's hair knowing this information so that's like probably the juiciest gossip I've ever had I was like oh my god it was also like the most pressure (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm, and she she knew her husband also yes. got his haircut. <laughs> oh my! You know we put so much trust yes. in our hairdressers. You guys, you guys hold a yes. lot. You yep. hold a lot. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. Um, which era in history do you think that you would thrive in? Um. Oh man, I think like the 1920s. Even though there was a depression. <laughs> Me too. I've said that. I've always said I would thrive in the 1920s if I was rich. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> but also, like, I think I think I can find my own stability within myself. So it's like income coming in or not. It's like you still find the fun in things. It right, just looked like yes. a fun time. That is such- 
despite despite oh. the you know economic issues <laughs> the speakeasies mm-hmm. i would go down totally um what is a movie or tv show that you loved so much that you wish you could watch it for the first time again oh my god hmm I like immediately go back to the Princess Diaries because that was my favorite movie growing up. But like recently, oh man, what did I not want to end? Um, Shrinking on Apple TV. Oh, I did not want it to I'm end. I was just it. like, this is so funny and like easy to watch. That was my most recent. But if we're going back, Princess okay. Diaries has always been like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I love that. Um, let's see. Oops. Oh yeah. Um, 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 what is the most unusual food that you have ever eaten? Oh, I can't remember what type of bug it was, but I had bug, uh, some type of bug in Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've been to yeah. Africa? You're so cool. <laughs> it was scary. Did you like it? No, it was like crunchy. The bug it was gross. And I also Africa. had like, I think it was like alligator crocodile or something there and that was okay it was it was all right yeah i know alligator is pretty rubbery and chewy yeah yeah. it was it was gross (laughs) yeah but those are probably the crazy okay and then (laughs) my last question is and this might be a high pressure question so i could always just pull another one out of my back pocket um what is the wildest experience that you or someone else has had while you have been a shaman the wildest experience i would say it's me <laughs> i'm trying let me think okay. of well the wildest experience i'm trying to oh my god it's like hard to pick one because i feel like it was a series of experiences right because i went through all of these relationships because i was healing mm-hmm. healing certain aspects of myself non-attachment so i went through i like cycled through a lot of dating and I had some really like wild things happen, like online dating. Oh my god, just attracting people that like were crazy. But I would say that like I would say that's my crazy experience that that I've had to go through. Yeah, I don't know. Do any of my clients have there ever been like deep meditations that, or have you ever done like? Oh, okay drugs in the desert i have not that for spiritual i have purposes. not but i've done like a lot of weird things so okay my coolest experience that i've ever done is in my healings i work with a drum and i made that drum in 2020 when people were like stay home dude i was like i'm getting out of here so i had found through a friend um a, a guy from the abernaki tribe of vermont who taught like drum making lessons so i'm like okay let's go here and I got two of my friends to come and one of my friends was like, oh, we're going like, I just bet this house is going to be so beautiful. I'm thinking like, you know, Vermont chalet. And I was like, I'm thinking someplace we go to die. And guess who yeah. was right? Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. ended up being the nicest guy, but we pulled up and I was like, oh my God, oh, this sure. is like very sketchy. Um, yeah. So it was a two day process. So we stayed in a hotel, but it was like, eight hours like we we, they had the wood cut down because it was snowing but we had to like use all the heavy machinery we had to do all the sawing we had to do all the um sanding we had to stretch our own hide we had to pick our own hide we had to meditate with the hide and 
Oh, that's beautiful. It's amazing. But I use that drum all the time. And everyone, you know, kind of makes fun of me. They're like, that's so wild. <laughs> but I would say that's the, like during um, the past few years. Yeah, that's definitely the craziest. But I still will stand by the fact that relationships that I've experienced <laughs> becoming a shaman, I was like, whoa. But now that I thank God I've cycled through that. Thank God. It's, it's over. <laughs> but yeah, definitely the drum. That sounds juicy. That was the coolest experience ever. I wouldn't say it's like the wildest. That is beautiful. No, but that is beautiful yeah. that you were able to, with your hands, create that, totally. put intention into it, and now use it in your work yeah, helping yeah. others. Yeah, and I mean, with my work, I kind of get like spiritual amnesia. So if I did go on like this journey of like, that's like strange or like people would think it is, first of all, I probably won't think it is. And right. <laughs> second of all, like I don't, sometimes I don't remember because it's like that's, that's for that person. And I just like, don't, don't know what's going on sometimes. Like I can see it in my mind's eye, but I'm like, all right, I don't know what you're doing, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So shout yourself out. Tell me where everyone Mm -hmm. can find you and what services do you offer? So um, my name is Danielle Manso. My Instagram is at Venus rising underscore R-I. You can find my services on my website or through my link tree through Instagram. My website is venusrisingri.com. And the services that I offer right now, I feel like there's multiple ways to work with me. So I do um, local events. I have a couple coming up in Rhode Island. Um, I do a signature class that I'm going to take a break from um, this summer, but it's called Ground Your Intentions. And it's basically what we went over with manifesting, but I am assisting with the energy work. So it's a group energy work with an individual focus as well. Um, that's in person. And then I have, I'm collaborating with a friend on ancestral healing. And that's going to be, oh, you know, it's going to be so amazing. So and that's in two locations. One is in Rhode Island and one in Massachusetts. And um, I have my course Awaken starting May 15th with um, another collaboration with Justine Harrington, who is, um, my landlord and and uh, my boss of some <laughs> sorts um and that's on shadow work so that's a six-week program and that is online or in person so if you live far away that's a way to work with us and it's going to be three um shamanic ceremonies with um workbooks and video teachings in between then personally i offer one-on-one healings and i offer them in person or remote And my remote sessions are all non-virtual because I find it to be uh, very distracting, the internet, and I want to get the highest and clearest advice. So this looks different than an in-person healing. The remote healings, you can select if you want. This is for people who are newer. If you've already worked with me and you trust me, most people opt out of this. But you can have a 15-minute conversation to kick things off. So we get on the phone for 15 minutes and then I finish the healing offline. And what I'm doing is I'm still connecting into your energy. I'm getting all this information. I'm doing the healing. I I will use my crystals to kind of like set up your chakra system, which is where I work with in the healing centers. And then I do like a copyright, like a ghost write. And I channel everything and I'm typing it out and it gets emailed to you. Along with pictures, if I use Oracle cards and a list of um, you know, any other tools, crystals that I use, just so you you know exactly what's going on. And I love that because that is for the people who A, are far away or, you know, you're at work and you're like, I need healing, but I don't have time until three weeks from, I can do it while you're mm-hmm. still doing your thing. 
and it actually it gets your it gets your like ego out of the way so i can communicate with your higher mm-hmm. self and your spirit guides and you're like you know i'm out of my own way and it's really beautiful oh, so sometimes that's a benefit totally it's good for kids you know because kids don't sit are going to sit still mm-hmm. for like an hour it's good for parents who want to get to know their kids um on a on a deeper level if they're super intuitive yeah. um and yeah. yeah and then i have um coaching so i offer two coaching packages once it's for um three months and that's kind of just for the healers the holistic practitioners any type of energy leader right like someone who's already done some some level and i really only work with people who have done some level of um spiritual work because this is deep this is not like oh i just want to go and get like a light massage this is like deep tissue getting to the to the core of things so my three-month program illuminate is great for you know, holistic practitioners, energy leaders who are giving themselves away by picking up on other people's energy, they're caretakers, you know, and they just need to get back to taking care of themselves first. And they want to expand and develop on their um, spiritual connection, gain new tools, um, expand their consciousness, expand their mind, and really just hone in in a different way on their on their intuition and connection. And then my um, transcend package is six months. And that is for people who are either in a job and they don't understand their purpose or they're in a job that they're no longer satisfied in. So the purpose of that is to get you satisfied either within your job, your current job and finding your purpose within that or cycling you away from that. Doesn't mean you have to change jobs in those six months, but you're preparing. We're preparing you for that Mm -hmm. by figuring out all the things you need to get you to where you want to be so those are the ways to work with me i'm trying to think if i'm missing anything no so many yeah there's a lot of options and and you just launched yes a podcast. what in the woo woo and that is with two of my very close friends and that was born out of our desire to just like get on a phone call and shoot the shit it's like Hey, have you guys <laughs> been experiencing this like every day we're like have you been experiencing this like weird energy like, I feel weird today. And we would like start talking about it in text. We're like, we should just like talk about this as a podcast because so many people could probably relate. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, just us talking about, we call it um, life in the woo lane. And yeah, it's, we have one episode out now. It's on Spotify. Um, we've been doing it on Instagram live. But yeah, we it's been really fun. That's great. Sounds like a wonderful podcast to listen to just to feel like you're sitting at a table with a Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I wanted to be. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me, Danielle. This was way better, way more informative, way, way juicier <laughs> than I ever could have imagined. And I, I'm so grateful. I didn't. Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Misty and loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.